ask you a question here just to continue yeah. on, please, though. But what that there. demonstrates is that, that people can hold two thoughts in their head at one time. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and they're not, they're not um, diametrically opposed um, issues. You can support the Black Lives Matter and still support police. Uh, if, if you just looked on Twitter or, you know, some television news, you would think that it's all about the combat. And for most people, um, that's not uh, how they see it. Time, don't play any games because this is one of the most serious times <laughs> that I'm ever advocating for voting. <laughs> Yeah. And if there's like 4 million people who live in Houston and they all have to go to this the one, one drop off, like, isn't that just putting them at risk for like COVID. spreading COVID? Yeah. That's Stuart Elway, followed by Jasmine Kendrick and Shantae Young. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Jasmine Kendrick and Shantae Young host a radio show and podcast on KKNW. The show is called The Way with Chaz and Tay. The show airs for one hour Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. and focuses on pop culture, politics, and music. Shantae and Jasmine will be joining me later in this half hour. We'll be trading thoughts and opinions on local, state, and national issues. If you hear anything on Voices of Experience that you would like to comment on, call 425-653-1166 and leave a message on the Voices of Experience hotline. Please keep your remarks short so I can get them all on the air. That's 425-653-1166. Obviously, the outcome of this election is weighing heavily on almost everyone. If you are not sitting on the edge of your chair, I suggest you find out if you have a pulse or not. We all know there is a lot at stake here, more than any other time in modern history. We are now down to the final three weeks. The latest cross-cut Elway poll is out. This poll focuses on Seattle and King County voters. What do the voters think of the Black Lives Matter protests and police reforms? What do voters in Seattle and King County think about the mayor of Seattle and the Seattle City Council and how they are handling their jobs? Stu Elway is here to break down the results. Let's start with who participated in this poll. Well, um, let me just set it up. We did a, a, the poll was 200 registered voters in the city of Seattle and 200 registered voters in King County outside Seattle. And the intent was to look at um, the Black Lives Matter protests and also policing reform and compare uh, the city and the suburb, what we used to call the suburbs, but the city and the, and the suburbs, uh, since um, a lot of the discussion in uh, both national and state politics is to uh, isolate the issues in Seattle or in the urban areas and keep keep the problems out of the suburbs. And in, in this uh, idea that there's a, a big difference between the two. So that's, that's why we did the survey the way we did. Um, and basically what we found was that 
both in the city and in the county, most voters don't see the issue as protesters versus the police. There is uh, strong support, uh, widespread support for both the Black Lives Matter protest and the police. Um, uh, in Seattle and, and across the county, most voters support the protest. They think that they are mostly peaceful. Um, and they also support policing reforms, but don't, uh, but, but large majorities oppose dismantling the police or reducing the funding by 50%, defunding the police. Let me just so, ask you a question here, just to continue yeah, on, please, though. But what that there. demonstrates is that, that people can hold two thoughts in their head at one time. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and they're not, they're not um, diametrically opposed um, issues. You can support the Black Lives Matter and still support police. Uh, if, if you just looked on Twitter or, you know, some television news, you would think that it's all about the combat. And for most people, um, that's not uh, how they see it. Now they, you know, do recognize that there's violence in these in these protests, um, but they don't. Um, most people don't blame um, the, uh, the either the, the Black Lives Matter protesters or the police. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, over two thirds uh, of our respondents said that when violence occurred, it is usually it is other people or other groups aiming to cause trouble that are to blame. So across the county, seven in 10 people said that rather than it's not the Black Lives Matter, it's not the police. So they, they you know, see the violence, but they don't blame it um, on either the, the, the BLM protesters uh, or uh, the police. They don't. Too, is that what you um, found that I'm looking at the poll and correct me if I'm wrong, the city council and the mayor didn't come out looking too good here. No, they didn't. Um, they did not. The, uh, we asked uh, people to rate both. These are just the Seattle voters now. So uh, we asked people to rate how Mayor Jenny Durkin, Durkin is doing with regard to the demonstrations and how the city council is doing on a four-point scale and to collapse it um the city council had 21 percent said they were doing excellent or good 74 percent said only fair or poor and and actually it was 44 percent who said poor that's that's about as low a number as i think i've ever seen i'll have to i have to check but i that's a that's a very it was certainly seemed so it really really would you know i would agree with yeah. that the time we've spent in this city and and you know what you've done i i that's pretty bad yeah Dur durkin was a little better she had a 38 percent excellent or good and 57 percent only fair or poor and that's that's down um quite a bit from we we did uh last year we asked her ratings, and she was closer to, can't remember exactly, closer to 50-50 at that point. So this is, these events have not um, reflected well on city leadership. I had Mayor Norm Rice on the show for about the last two weeks, and one thing I asked him, what he thought some of the issues that were going on, but one thing that he brought up, and 
He was against it, I know, for a long time, and I think he was right about this. He thinks that districts have a lot to do with some of the, let's say what he says, it's really easy to be an activist and angry if you're just representing a small number of people than if you have an at-large system that, uh, you know, you're looking out for the whole city and things like that. Have you done any research on that before, or what do you think about that? Well, I haven't. I haven't lately. I know that there is. Uh, we did some when the um, uh, the issue was on the ballot uh, to go to a district election. It was pretty popular at that point, if I recall. Uh, but I also know there's, a, there's quite a bit of discussion recently uh, bubbling up about maybe time to go back again. Um, that this isn't working out like uh, we thought it uh, would. So there, there may be some movement to, to revisit that decision to go to a district election. And for the record, I was 100% behind districts. Yeah. And I now regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the argument, I think, at the time was that there was a concentration. Most of the council people came from the north end of the town and that the south end and other areas weren't represented, um, you know, equitably on the council. So the districts would solve that. So now it's uh, some people at least think it's swung the other way. Others are probably pretty happy with the district movement, but I, but I think, uh, we'll probably be having a conversation about that. Of course we will. Anything else surprised you about this poll? Well, what what uh, you know again? What I uh, liked about it, or, or you know, things that, that sort of jumped out. Um, uh, th- there were some differences. The people uh, outside of Seattle were more um, uh, rated their local police force. Uh, more positively than the Seattle police force did. The, the, we talked about the council and Durkin. The Seattle police had a 44% excellent or good and a 52% uh, only fair or poor. Uh, outside of Seattle, uh, 69% gave their police force a, a positive rating. But the the thing, too, the, the, the reforms, we went through several reforms that are, that are being discussed. You know, we're talking about dismantling the police force and reimagining policing and defunding the police by 50% and, and those sorts of things. Um, and there's not, uh, really much support for that. Um, the, uh, the people, there, there was strong support for, um, keeping the force about the same number of officers, but shifting money in the department to focus more on training and de-escalation uh, and less use of force. There was, there was consensus level support for that. Um, when you started talking about let's take some funding from the police and investing that in social services, it was about 50, 50. Um, when you talked about, uh, reducing the funding for the police by 50%. Um, it was uh, s- seven out of 10 people were opposed to that, both in the city and out in the county. Dismantling the police force and starting over, six out of 10 were opposed to that. So people, people again, recognize that there are problems. 
Um, they, they, uh, there was some little disagreement about whether they thought uh, there was systemic racism in the police department. People in Seattle were a little more likely to say that than in the county. But most people, uh, a sizable majority of people, uh, did not want to defund the police or start over. They wanted to make the existing police more effective. And as a matter of fact, um, most people uh, wanted to see either the same or a higher level uh, police presence in their neighborhood. And by most people, I mean like 90, 87, 90% in the county wanted the same or more police, not less. Glad you did this poll. Again, as always, we learn a lot from this, but I'm happy to say that there's no surprises here in terms of people. Most people are reasonable, and that's, I think, what this proves again. What do you think? Well, I think I think so. I, I, it's, what, what I took from this was people have a pretty... Um, I'd say nuanced view of this, and it's it's not all one or the other. I mean that, that there's, there's a it's a large societal problem that uh, we're trying to to grapple with, and there aren't there aren't easy solutions, and and the problem's not that easy to get a handle on. But but people are reasonable, and 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 and, and want to, do want to support change, but not just wholesale. Um, you know, tear it down, start over. listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. Kendrick and Shantae Young, two very smart young women, joined me earlier this week via Zoom. Now, because of COVID, we haven't met personally. I tuned into the radio show that airs right here on KKNW. I like what I heard, and I'm pretty sure you will too. We had a free flow discussion on anything that came to mind. Because of time constraints, I can't air all of our discussion. We found out that all three of us live in the West Seattle area. Since all politics is local, we kicked off our discussion on the West Seattle Bridge. Should it be fixed or should it be replaced? Mayor Durkin is going to make her recommendation any time now. I first asked how the closure of the West Seattle Bridge was affecting their lives. First up, Jasmine, followed by Shantae. So you are being tremendously interrupted by the closure of the West Seattle Bridge. Uh, I mean... 
it's a slight inconvenience. I feel like we're just acting very like privileged with it, you know, like it's not that big of a deal, but it's significantly like just getting out of that area is significantly different than yeah. it, it was, you know, okay. like, you know, yeah. other than the bridge traffic, like that was already a nuisance. Yeah. Um, but there was just a, there's just days where there's congestion and you kind of forget that that's happening that's happening yeah. and you're like why is there so much happening right now especially with covid it's been like there's not been a lot of traffic, traffic. in our area and so, so like there are days when we're like why are there so many people over here and we're like ah the west seattle bridge yeah is closed right <laughs> now what do you this is uh, obviously something that affects us all what are you for replacement or fixing the bridge or Oh, good question. So honestly, so I can say, I want to say from my personal experience, I would love to see a replacement. And I know that that's going to be a lot of money and honestly, realistically, a lot of time, but I feel like why like halfway do it? You know, we need to, we need to make it bigger, first of all, and it needs to be improved it is a bridge be better than it already was the, yeah the original bridge was not made to like house as much traffic as it does now so it it just needs to i just say start over all right you say and start they, over and they should do like a kingdom kind of thing where they just well i don't i know it's not realistic to blow it obviously but <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about making like a kingdom kind of thing. I'm going, oh, no, are we going to build fine. a kingdom over no. in Seattle? And what is that? I Now I get it. You no. implode the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think okay. it's a good pull to like, you know, uh, some people have like little pieces of the kingdom. I would love to have a piece of the West Seattle Bridge. Wow. You're thinking ahead. <laughs> I, well, am, we I can, am. Way ahead. Way ahead. And, and so, Shantae, your support of uh, replacing it as well yeah okay. yeah I just think it would be safer all in all to replace it and and try to make it a better structure than it was before and to kind of like think in, think ahead a little bit like be, be proactive this time um I don't think that Seattle is gonna slow in growth like in population and so it's just like let's try to make it better than it was and then like more safe so that it can handle the amount of people that are going to be going back and forth okay Good enough. Um, I want to fix it. So this is something we can have a further conversation on at some point, yeah. but that's uh, <laughs> fine. I, I lived through the first one and uh, let me oh, see. Yeah. That's valid. I had that just is- moved to West Seattle when that happened. And um, I don't know. I just think, uh, you know, we, the world's going to be so much different in 20, 25, 30 years that, there's going to be so many different moving parts, literally how the world's changed even in the last year, how are people are going to move? Are we going to need it so much? I guess if I thought it could be done fast, but we're talking eight to 10 years. Right. And that's what I'm like. I know it's going to be a time thing. I know. And I'm going, Oh my gosh. Anyhow. (laughs) Well, that's fair. We, uh, you know, you made some good points about the long term and, and the bridge being, more securely built for the future and the growth and things like that. I don't think it's an absolute story that there's an absolute solution for it. Right. I just uh, hope that something is done sooner than later in that sense. My question is really like, does it have to be this or that? Could it be kind of a phase type thing? Like, can we fix it so that we can use it now and yeah. then figure out something long term. That's that what I would like to do. Replace. Yes, because that's what I think is fair. 
I even feel like now there are a lot of people that are even moving from West, West Seattle to the city because they don't want to have to deal with it. And then like with COVID, a lot of companies are going to like an all remote. So there's going to be a lot of people that don't even have to go into the city anywhere. Now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. maybe if we can just fix it for the people who are going to commute and then figure out a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that would be my uh, preference would be something along those lines because they say it can be fixed. Right. I mean, first of all, once the bridge had its issues, then they said, well, we don't know if we can be fixed or not. Well, they came back and said it can be fixed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fix it. And then, yes, then yeah. I'd say get into the long-term planning of it and, and get something along the uh, – that would be my preference, let's put it that yeah. way. Right. Well, the thing is, is I also believe that um, this is not about Biden versus Trump. It's about Biden versus voter suppression. Mm. And I believe if there's a straight up vote that everybody is allowed to vote equally by mail in urban centers, what they're trying to not happen because right. read between the lines, they don't do well in the blue areas and they will do everything they can to keep the vote suppressed. How successful they are at doing that, that's going to determine the election, um, because I believe it was an up and down vote fair. Biden would win by the biggest landslide in history. It wouldn't be close. But we have to fight, when I say we, has to fight voter suppression. When I hear in Houston, Texas, there's going to be one drop-off point for ballots. They're going to want the ballots to then, by midnight, expire. And they go, all those ballots aren't valid. And they're going to play that game. And it's a pretty scary time. I'm not going to put any, um, I I continue to say, we haven't seen the worst yet. All we can do is encourage an early, like, as soon as you get your ballots, fill it in and then go, you know, don't waste any time. Don't play any games because this is one of the most serious times that I'm ever advocating for voting. And if there's like 4 million people who live in Houston and they all have to go to this one one. drop off, like, isn't that just putting them at risk for like spreading COVID? Yeah. I don't care. I mean, he's just been in the hospital himself and he's coming out and still saying he's not wearing a mask. He's still going on. He's a predator. I just, I'm so, I just am really disappointed. Like it's, it's just, it's so disappointing to me. It's like, it shouldn't be this, um, ruthless or careless like it's just like there is a pandemic going on people have the right to vote and we shouldn't be trying to stop them by like let's just put one uh, ballot drop-off box where there's four million people there's four million people in houston texas and we already know we have this pandemic so we're either forcing them to go in person or to go take their chances and get there on time on a tuesday Mm. um you know, to drop it off at this one ballot and like, who's to say how far away it is from like the furthest place in Houston, you, you know, know like, right, right. Well, the thing that I want to hear now, we just, we know that uh, where are the Democrats outrageous on this? Shouldn't there be lawsuits filed and we have the Voting Rights Act that covers a lot of things from the 1960s. And, um, you know, this is one man, one vote principle. They're sabotaging that. Why isn't there a lawsuit or something out there now trying to challenge that? Or we just sometimes I just think the more left people or the liberals are just too passive. They don't get mm. they take they take a, a knife to a gunfight and they just get outmaneuvered. What do you have any comments on that? Or do you feel yeah. that way? Or <laughs> that is fair because 
Um, I will say that like a lot of people were against Biden taking down his like attack campaigns while while Trump has COVID because if the roles were reversed, he would not let us, you know what I mean? So like, I agree as far as like that integrity goes in that aspect, a bit pushovery. I feel like Biden's trying to show that he has more class. Class. Because I feel like that's the one thing about Trump that he, he doesn't, he has no class. He has no care. He doesn't care if any of us die and he, you know, like he's the only person left on earth. And so Biden's trying to show that like he cares about the American people and he cares about Trump, even though Trump doesn't care about anyone. Anything. He's trying to be the people's person, you know, like he's trying to show that he's got what Trump clearly doesn't have. Um, and he, you know, is attacking him while he has COVID. It just shows oh, like he's no better than Trump. And we don't need that because, you know, there's going to be people quick to jump to that. But to answer your question, um, sorry, yeah, I feel ahead. like there should be loss. Yeah, I, I was feel like I was just thinking that the most that I see people doing is is advocating for like you know go get registered and then make sure you vote as soon as you can. That's really kind of the most that I'm that I'm seeing is a huge push via social media, you know, radio, whatever. You know, I even seen commercials on like apps and things that I watch. You know, whatever, but. But you're right. As far as the actual legal side of things, I'm not seeing that. My thanks to Jasmine and Shantae for spending time on Voices of Experience. Their show is called The Way with Jazz and Tay, and it airs on KKNW Thursday at 7 a.m. We talked about the battle in Texas for limiting ballot drop locations. On Friday, a federal judge ruled that the state could not limit the number of ballot drop-off locations. But on Saturday, the state of Texas appealed the ruling and a federal appeals court agreed that the restrictions can stay in place until the judges officially rule. I don't know what that means. I do know this. It's just another attempt by Trump and his minions to suppress not necessarily voter turnout, only the voters who they believe will not be voting for Trump democracy at its best. I also want to thank Stu Elway for sharing his latest Crosscut Elway poll results. What the poll told me is that Washingtonians can support the Black Lives Matter movement, but also they can support law enforcement. It proves that most people are thoughtful and reasonable when it comes to issues that all too often polarize us. If you are still supporting Trump after his bullying, lying, and certainly mismanagement of the virus that borders on criminal, there is nothing that I can say that will change your mind. What I will say, vote for Biden and Harris. Do not vote for a third party. In the end, that is a vote for Trump. Too many people voted this way in 2016, and look where it got us. Have a great rest of the week. On June 17, 1972, Frank Willis, a young security guard, reported for duty. Little did he know that before his shift was over, he would change the history of the United States. Frank Willis was making the rounds of what would become a very famous hotel. He saw something amiss. Duct tape was keeping two doors open in the basement. He removed the tape. During his next round, he saw the duct tape was put in place again. It was time to call the police. The police arrived at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C. They searched offices and discovered five intruders. Their arrest triggered the Watergate scandal, 
culminating in the resignation of a president two years later.